Hey, y'all, just a quick heads up. The episode you're about to listen to is eight to 10 years old. Now, these episodes were intended to be evergreen, and I still believe there's a lot of good information in these early episodes, but I do want to let you know that some of my ideas have evolved over time. Times have changed since we made these episodes, and ultimately, I'd like to think I've grown a lot as an artist and a human and that these don't necessarily represent my best work or the best of the podcast. If you're new around here, I suggest starting with the most recent episode or at least go back to around 300 and move forward from there. Enjoy the episode. It's the Creative Pep Talk podcast, and it's back after a little break over the uh, holiday weekend. Um, This is Andy J. Miller. I'm in a graphic illustrator, uh, and I do this podcast to put some pep in your creative step, if you will. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new Fluid Engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it. Got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him, like, you should go check it out. You're going to be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was going to tell you about this new site anyway. Go check it out, AndyJPizza.com, if you want to see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. Um, you know, I wanted to start off today just with saying, I feel like... I wanted to communicate to you, but you know what? I don't really feel like I'm an expert um, 
an expert on illustration per se or necessarily you know I'm not a seasoned veteran when it comes to creative professionalism you know I've only been graduated for um, or since 2008 and um, I see this m less like me uh, passing down my wisdom from a top of the creative professional hall of fame and I see it less like that and see it more like um, a journal where I'm trying to capture the things that I've learned to date the things that um, feel like they're helping me uh, and and to create maybe a dialogue or a conversation with uh, my peers and um, friends in the creative professional industries um, and and mainly more than anything rather than really this being about advice it's really about encouragement you know um, trying to pass on the things that are encouraging me and helping me to uh, continue doing what it is I'm doing um, and make breakthroughs in my own work um, and hopefully be able to pass some of that energy on to you pass some of my passion over to you uh, for helping other people um, make a living doing creative things um, you know that's really comes from a place where you know, I, I feel like I'd have a hard time making a decent living if it wasn't for creative things, uh, you know, and I'd definitely be miserable. And um, there are a lot of people that help me do what I do, and I'd love to be one piece of the pie uh, for you to help you keep doing what you're doing and get further in your pursuit. And um, so today, you know, I uh, did a post a few years back on my blog uh, called um, Five Things, Five Ways to Be a Happier Creative. And um, that was on Tumblr. And I happened to, uh, I don't know exactly what happened, but I ended up getting, um, I don't know, reblogged and stuff. And that thing keeps chugging away. People seem to be, be really responding to it. People are still reblogging it and such um, so there's a whole mess of uh, tumblr notes on there and I don't know if that actually means anything but just in case it does I thought you know what I'm going to do a new version of that I don't think any of these are on that list the list that I'm going to give you today um, but they're things that are helping me be a happier creative professional today so there's six ways to be a happier creative professional um, so here we go number one make something every day now alright this might not be possible maybe you can't make something every single day but I kinda liken it to uh, if you think I don't know why I always think in like sports metaphors I think it's just I grew up around sports I don't even watch sports but uh, if you think of like a basketball player you know I feel like sometimes in the creative world we get so wrapped up in um, doing the social media junk and doing the invoicing and you know we're working on the bigger projects and um, we're working on that the client work and we're getting you know getting all up in that um, you know in the and all the business and the busyness of uh, of doing the doing the work that we never we 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 rarely take a moment to stop and make something uh, for ourselves something that um, 
you know, because we love to do it. And I liken it to, uh, um, you know, a basketball player. It's like, you know, how many days do you, how many days go by without you actually picking up the ball and, uh, and shooting and shooting the ball just for fun because you love to do it, you know? And I even think about it like this, like just shooting a few baskets. So just doodling in your sketchbook, that's great. And that's, and that can be fun. And that's something that, um, you know, you should enjoy, but I tell you what, playing a scrimmage, you know, playing a, a fake game, um, is a lot more fun than just shooting around. And so my thing is don't just doodle a little thing, you know, try to make something finished, um, as many days as possible, you know, something small, something really small. Um, because I feel like there's something about making something finished, making, um, something just on its own, just because you want to, that is such a key to happiness. And when I, the days, the days I accomplish something small, that I make something small, make a little picture that I'm proud of, that I'm happy with, I'm happier those days than I am the days that I, you know, I'm just catching up on email and I'm just, you know, working on the current project that I've got open for my clients or, um, you know, the days that I stop and I take an hour or two at the beginning of the day to make something for myself um, are the days that I'm much happier. And, you know, I feel like so often, you know, I'm a full-time illustrator. And so often I forget, like, I wanted to get into this business so that I could be making stuff all the time and taking time to make stuff just for myself just because I love to make stuff. Um, and it can be so easy to forget that, but I think, um, trying to make time for that, even though that's hard sometimes, um, even if it means getting up early before, you know, the world is awake and before the commitments can, uh, kind of tug at you. I, I do that sometimes. Um, so number two, create for yourself. Okay. Here's what I mean by that. I feel like so often um, what we do, we create for other reasons, and, and these other reasons aren't evil, but for other reasons other than because we want to make something. Does that make sense? Like we make it for um, validation or affirmation from other people, and that's fine, and there's always going to be um, a hint of that, but I think your best work comes out and you're happier when you make something because you want to make it, because you want to see that thing in the world. And I think the more you focus on, you know, your personal work being those things, like I wanted to make something because I wanted to challenge myself and I wanted to create something that I was proud of. And I wanted to see this type of image out in the world. The more you focus on doing that and the goal being making something for yourself and, and less of making something to get Instagram likes or making something to uh, get this or that job or, you know, I think those are, f- there's, there's time and place for those things maybe. Um, but the problem is, is that you're putting your creative happiness in the hands of other people. Instead of looking at yourself and saying, what thing would just be fun to make today? Like, what would just be, what What would I genuinely just be excited if I made? You know, there's certain things I make when I make something for myself. I tell you, the kind of test for me is like, if I make it 
and I want to put it on my phone really quick to put it on Instagram, or if I put it, make it, and I put it on my phone really quick to put it, to, so I can, so I have it in my photos, so I can look back over it over the day and just be like, man, I'm really, really happy I made that. Like those are two different feelings, and it's so satisfying to make something that you're just proud that you made it, and you're not necessarily, and, I, and there's no nothing wrong with Instagram, but but I think if you're if you're if you're shooting for making stuff just for yourself, um, at least. A, a part of the time, I think that um, it's easier to find enjoyment because the enjoyment isn't in the response. It's in the making of it and it's in the finishing of it. And it's in the what what it is that you've made. So number three, this one I just titled Give. The days when I, you know, I try to do um, some alone time in the morning, um, reading and, 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 and getting alone with my thoughts. And, uh, I, you know, I don't always get to do it, but I try to. And when I've done that successfully, I often come out of that time, um, you know, ready to, you know, inspired to lift other people up and do, um, and, 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 and push other people and encourage other people. And, you know, I think, the times that I don't do that, I, I wake up and I'm in this like self-obsessed mode where, you know, when I go to social media, it's like, I hate talking so much about social media, but, um, you know, when I, it's just a good, like, it's a good way to like, um, everybody kind of knows when they're on social media for the good reasons and for the bad reasons. And, you know, it's when I go in to social media, um, and my, as my, as an artist to serve myself, to try to, try to play the game of how many likes can I get? How many, you know, how much affirmation I get? Or even if I go into a social situation, you know, um, and I'm, and I, and my goal is how can I lift myself up? How can I validate myself? I usually leave empty. Cause when I go into that, I usually go into it and I'm, you know, I don't know. I mentioned, you know, I, when I'm trying to get that, I'm trying to take from people, you know, I'll go into that social situation and I'll casually drop, you know, name drop some client thing that I'm working on or whatever. And, you know, it's, there's ways that that's appropriate sometimes in the right setting, but doing that because I'm desperate for that validation. When I'm in that mode, I leave miserable. Even if I do that, you know, if I, if I name drop that thing, and the people across from me say, whoa, that is amazing. And they're being genuine. It's hollow because I, it, it doesn't even do what I wanted it to do. It, it's not even validating and it. It's not, you know, affirming me. It's not, I, I leave feeling hollow. But when I wake up and I get in that place where I want to give um, and encourage and, and, and affirm and validate other people, I often leave that situation feeling fulfilled and feeling full and feeling validated and affirmed. It's often in those, with that attitude, that I, I come away feeling uh, happier. And I think when you have that abundant view of life instead of the scarcity, like there's only so many jobs, there's only so much... 
There's not, there's not a limited amount of affirmation out there. If you're out there giving affirmation to people and, and, and supporting their work and encouraging them and retweeting their website updates that you like and you're genuine and you're happy about what other people are making and you, you're uh, generous with your praise on other people's work, like that doesn't mean that there's less praise out there for you. Like it's not, there's not a scarcity of that. But when you have an abundant attitude, uh, I think when you when you when you go into the social situations uh, regarding your creative professionalism um, with that giving mentality, you're going to actually leave happier. Um, I think. So, number four, identify what's meaningful about what you do. Now. Um, Meaningful doesn't necessarily have to mean um, that it's meaningful to other people or that it's charitable or that it affects other people. You know, meaningful can mean what is it about the work that you do that fulfills you? What is it about the work that you do that, um, that, that's therapeutic to you? What is it about the work that you do that makes you a better person? What is it about the work um, that does have an impact on others? It can mean that too. You know, um, the podcast and the writing I do, I get a sense of meaning from that. Um, and that's one of the things that drives me, but it also gives me fulfillment and it makes me a happier creative person by sharing the things that uh, that have helped me and then hearing people um, say that it's impacted them or helped them in a tough, tough spot. I've had a... a dozens and dozens of times where something I've done like that, someone's come back and said, oh, I got that right at the right moment. And that just, that bit of a serendipity is so meaningful to me. Now, beyond that, I try to think of uh, the work that has inspired me and has touched me in the past and, and, and remember that that's the type of work that I'm trying to do for others. So, you know, a band like uh, <laughs> Modest Mouse in the past when I was in high school, um, that band really took me by surprise. Uh, and I might have told that story on the podcast before, but um, I think everybody has those situations where you discover a band or you discover an artist and it just totally rocks your world, changes the direction of your life. And that that was so meaningful. You know, in high school... Um, and, and basically my whole life up to high school, up to when I was about 16 or 17, I was just leading a pretty meaningless life. And, uh, one of the things that really stopped me in my tracks and, and made me take life more seriously was first of all, getting into, uh, music, but then also into the, the, the merch and the design and the illustration that went along with music and that stuff really made me want to be a, a deeper person. You know, it made me want to think, uh, harder about what I was doing and what I was saying and, and, and then what I was making, you know, that made an impact on me. And if you're out there creating work, you are likely to do that for someone else. And that, um, should be something that gives you a sense of fulfillment um, and should uh, make you happier. You know, I don't think, I do think that there's an element of creativity and creative work that may be selfish. I'm not 100% sure 
You know, I don't look at selfishness as something that is 100% evil. I'm not sure that's a true narrative, and I'm not exactly sure where that comes from. Um, you know, I consider myself to be a spiritual person, um, and I don't, I don't even see that in, uh, in the major religions necessarily. I see, I see things like love your love other people like you love yourself. And so loving yourself, I don't know if that's necessarily evil. Um, and so I think that there are even ways that making work is meaningful to you that, that helps you as a person that, you know, can be cathartic or, um, can be, you know, meaningful, even in the ways that it just relates to yourself, let alone the ways that it could impact other people. Um, so I think that that, that helps me feel happier when I focus on those things. And I think about those types of things. Um, number five, focus on the things that you from five years ago would be blown away by and focus less on the things that you haven't attained yet. You know, I think I told this story before, um, before I graduated, uh, college, I had done an interview with this German magazine and, uh, one of the questions was, uh, what do you hope to do in the next year? And, uh, they were really minor things that I answered with. Like I'd hoped I'd made some t-shirts and a book and, um, I, that might've even been it. And, you know, two years later I, I found that magazine, um, in my studio room and I opened it up and I was looking through then I'd realized that pretty soon after that I'd accomplished those things. But I remember answering that, answering that question, very, um, genuinely and thinking, man, if I could just get a few t-shirt jobs under my belt and, and make a book, then that would be so awesome and so fulfilling. And, you know, I think it's so easy to go about your time completing your goals without ever realizing that you've done so or without ever, uh, enjoying and celebrating the fact that you've done so. And I think that, uh, it's really important to think about those things. You know, me from five years ago, if I'd known, you know, just full disclosure, my life isn't some like, uh, amazing situation. You know, I'm still, um, hustling and, and doing work and, and working hard and all that. Um, but if, if me from five years ago knew, the type of jobs that I was doing right now and what I was up to and what my schedule looked like right now, I would have been, I would have been blown away. I would have been so excited about that. But I find myself more often than not focusing on the ways that it's still imperfect, the ways that I, the things that I didn't get, the awards I didn't get, the, um, the jobs I didn't get, the clients that other people got that I didn't get. I find myself going to those things so often. I try to remember, look, Five years ago, if you knew that you were doing jobs for that client, you wouldn't even have believed it. You wouldn't even have believed it. And I try to, and, and, and focusing on those things really gives me a sense of uh, contentment. And I think that that's a, a big key to uh, being a happy, a happier creative person. Um, number six, it's kind of a, kind of like a, um, an oxymoron, which is, uh, enjoy the pain. You know, I'm a big fan of, uh, the great discontent. The, it's an interview website where they interview, uh, creative people. And, um, the great discontent is a reference to this idea to one of their questions that they ask, 
which is about whether people feel creatively satisfied or not. And it's kind of a leading question. I think they're saying, you know, if you're a creative person, you're never satisfied. And, you know, I've thought a lot about that since I started reading that website. And um, I started to think about, you know, if good creativity comes from discontent, does it mean that creative people are doomed to be miserable, um, you know, if they're doing good work. And, you know, I didn't like that answer and I didn't think it didn't feel true to me, but there did seem to be truth within that. And so I started, you know, for the past couple of years, I've been kind of unpacking that, um, in my, in my own mind and my own, uh, kind of understanding of what that may mean. And, um, yeah, I feel like that, I don't, I think it's maybe half of the story. So what I think is that, um, that you do need a level of discontent with your work. I don't think that means that you need to be discontent with your life. And what I, what I mean by that is, is that when it comes to your work, you should always be hungry for better work, better jobs, a bigger breakthrough in, in, in all of the things that you make and create. But I think that you should, um, you know, in the past, right, you know, again, five years ago, I was doing that struggling and striving of like, Oh man, I, my work isn't where I want it to be, and my jobs aren't where they want where I want them to be, and my income's not where I want it to be, and I would just, I was just like, you know, struggling through that, and actually through all that struggle, that's what actually made my work um, so much better was that struggling and that discontent, and so I agree with that, but now when I'm finding myself in that struggle and that discontent, and I'm working through it, I try to remember, this is what makes your work good. And that makes me happy. That makes me filled, even in that struggling. You know, I found myself, I got a job um, doing a band poster a few weeks ago, and uh, and I got to talk on the phone with the guy, and it's one of my favorite, all-time favorite bands. And I And I kind of was chatting with him, brainstorming with this guy. And, 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 you know, part of that was stressful because I just, I love this guy's music and I love working with this guy. And I, and I was so thrilled to be doing that. So it's stressful because it just feels like the, the pressure's on. And I really wanted to make something awesome. I wanted to knock it out of the park. And so I've got this pressure and I've got this kind of drive and I start sketchbooking and I'm doing page after page after page. And I'm just working so hard on this thing. And my wife is just like, you know, cringing at um, kind of the the pain and the turmoil as I'm like trying to churn this thing out and do something really awesome. And I'm struggling. And uh, at first I was kind of stressed about it, but then it hit me like, wow, this gut churn, this like, this, uh, this struggling, this means I'm doing the right thing. It means I'm going to come out the other side with something great. It means, and then I also thought that it means that I'm challenged. And you know, when I was in college, I lived in England and, uh, it was right before the recession and the job market was terrible for part-time jobs in the town I was living at. 
and uh, the economy just wasn't good, that good in that town. And I couldn't find a job, and eventually I just took a job. My brother got me a job at his work, which was Subway, making sandwiches. And I'll tell you what, nobody hates part-time uh, uh, jobs in the corporate, retail, food industry stuff more than I do. I, I hated every second of it. I just, it made me physically ill to work there. And, uh, luckily I met my wife there. She worked there too. And so I have that. I owe that to Subway, but, um, I, I hated it and I hated it because I hated the monotony and the boredom, uh, and the doing the same thing over and over. And it was so meaningless and I think it's that in contrast to the struggling and the challenge of creativity and the discontent there that I actually find fulfillment in because it's meaningful. It's the opposite of monotony. And so it's actually in the discontent that I find my, my, my contentedness within myself. You know, it's the discontent in the work that gives me a sense of contentment in my life. And... Um, that's a little bit convoluted, but I actually think that there's some like actual truth within that. So I've gotten pretty worked up, and uh, that means I've done. Uh, I think it means I've done a good podcast. Um, <laughs> those are the ones I like the most, uh, doing the most at least. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I hope that um, this list can. Uh, just encourage you and remind you of some of these things you probably already know a lot of them but um hopefully they can give you a good reminder to um you know i I just don't want to perpetuate this idea that that art artists have to be um miserable and depressed and i actually think that maybe part of that false narrative actually causes um some actually really seriously negative things you know if you're if you're an artist and you're struggling with depression, you know, I think that false narrative can encourage you to say, yeah, that's fine. That's totally good. Whereas if you really are struggling with depression, you should go get seek help in whatever format that you need to and whatever level you need to seek help. And I, and I don't think that being a miserable person and being miserable in misery, um, means that, uh, that you're in the right spot as an artist. And, you know, uh, I, I do under I do think that there's some there's lots of artists myself included that have the uh, a little bit of an obsession with melancholy and I think that that can be actually really healthy and fine to explore that side of the spectrum of human emotion and be interested in that but I don't think that it means living a miserable life and I don't think that that's uh, that's the best and actually. Um, one of my inspirations with this was um, I recently heard Lisa Congdon say um, she wrote a book for Chronicle Books. Um, my uh, my publisher um, called Art Inc. And uh, one of the things I heard her say from that book was that there's this notion that the struggling artist or the starving artist that they make the best work through that misery but she actually thinks that it's the thriving artist that 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 your best work comes from and i totally agree i think the times when i have the most peace and hope and 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 positivity is the place where that pressure's off and i i can flow with my most authentic um voice and and work um, and so, yeah, that's, I really do think that. 
So I hope this has been uh, helpful for you and um, check in. I'm, I think I'm going to cut these down to about once a week because I want that passion to build up and that, uh, that excitement about um, uh, talking to you guys to kind of just give it a little breather and let it build up over time. So I hope this has uh, been helpful. Uh, tune in for more and share it with your friends if you think it's going to uh, benefit them. Thanks. Thanks.